Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. excited to be here today? I am excited to be here. My name is Jeannie Stevens. I have the privilege of being one of the lead pastors here at Soul City. And last week, uh, I left this place with my heart just beating out of my chest with so much joy and excitement over what God is doing today, but what I know he is going to do in the future. And I am thrilled to be kicking off this series, Change Your Mind. How many of you remember the game growing up called Whack-A-Mole? Do you remember the game Whack-A-Mole? I brought along a picture. It was popular in arcades. Uh, The way that the game works is you have this little rubber mallet and a mole pops up out of one of the holes and your job is to smack it down. That's how Whack-A-Mole works. It's fabulous for anger management for those of you that might need to go find whack-a-mole. Well, this week I was doing some research to see if there are any whack-a-mole games here in the city of Chicago, not that I have any anger that I need to work through, but I was researching to see, and what popped up is a new iteration of whack-a-mole, which is fascinating to me. There is now the inflatable human version of whack-a-mole. I brought along a picture in case you didn't believe me. This is the actual whack-a-mole that you yourself can rent for your next office party. And I can only imagine there are probably some people that you work with that you would like to get in that hole and take the rubber mallet to, right? Why on earth am I talking about whack-a-mole at church? Because often our thoughts feel like these little moles that pop up. And we go, why is this here? Why am I thinking about this right now? I am perfectly content in this meeting that I am in with all of these people that I work with. Why am I thinking, do red pants go with a pink sweater? Where did that come from? Have that, has it ever happened to you? That happened to me this last week. I was sitting in a meeting and I literally moved out of the meeting in my mind and I started thinking about fashion and if red and pink can go together, right? <laughs> the average person, which is fascinating to understand this, the average person thinks 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts in a day. 60 to 80,000, that's a lot of moles popping up on the dashboard of your mind. And I imagine if you are anything like me, you wished at times you had a rubber mallet to say, get back down. Why are you thinking this right now, right? And what we want to do is we want to dive into how does God actually transform our mind? Kelly just said that our mission as a church is that we want to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. It has been our mission since we opened the doors to this church. And what's fascinating to know is that we rooted that mission in a passage of scripture in Romans 12, 2 that says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Any transformation that takes place in your life, transformation in your relationships, transformation in your body, 
transformation in your purpose. Do you know where it begins? Right here. This is where it begins, in this six-inch space between your ears. And so in order for us to fully be transformed into all of who God created us to be, I wanted us to spend some time over the next couple of weeks of actually figuring out, is it possible to change your mind? Now, I've been fascinated for the brain, uh, I've been fascinated with the brain for many, many years, but I am not a neuroscientist, I am a pastor. And so I thought if there is any way that we could actually get somebody that knows something about the brain, that would be really helpful. I asked a friend of mine, uh, who knows Dr. Amen? I said, do you think he would ever come to our church? And she said, well, I have his number, call him. And I was like, well, he doesn't know me. She said, just don't tell him that I gave you his number. <laughs> and I am so grateful that Daniel agreed to come and be with our church. I want to tell you a little bit about him because he has literally devoted his life to the understanding of the mind, this incredible organ that God has placed inside of us, that God says we are fearfully and wonderfully made, intricately wired together, and he has devoted his life's work to the study of the mind. To know a little bit about him is to know that the Washington Post called Dr. Daniel Amen the most popular psychiatrist in America. Discover Magazine listed his brain imaging research as the top neuroscience in 2015. He's a lifelong follower of Jesus, 10-time New York Times best-selling author. Dr. Amen is the founder of the Amen, Cl Amen Clinics, which has eight locations across the U.S. There's actually one here in the Chicagoland area, up in the Highland Park area. The Amen Clinic uh, has the world's largest database of brain scans related to behavior totaling more than 160,000 spec scans of patients from 100 and 21 countries. The translation, he has looked at a lot of brains, a lot of brains. Dr. Amen's research team has published more than 80 scientific articles. He's the lead researcher on the world's largest brain imaging study on professional football players. His research has not only demonstrated high levels of brain damage in players, but that it's actually possible to recover the damage. Dr. Amen has also hosted 14 national public television shows about the brain, which have aired over 100,000 times. He and his wife, Tana, host a podcast together. His wife is here with us today. Will you please help me welcome Dr. Daniel Amen. So grateful for you. In the last service, we didn't sit on stools, and I wanted to feel a little bit more like Oprah. Um, so I decided we were going to go with stools this time, and so we'll see how this goes. I feel a little bit like her. Do you feel like you're on her show? Not so much. <laughs> well, it is so great to have you, and I'm so, so grateful that you agreed to come. And... I know that this has been a lifelong journey for you, the study of the brain. And it began uh, in a really personal way. Uh, and I would love for you to just share your story as to how this fascination with the brain began and where it took you in your life. Well, you know, I like to think about um, my family. When I, so I grew up really Catholic. My mother was very serious about the whole thing. 
and I'm third of seven children. I have five sisters, pray for me. Yes. And, <laughs> you needed to understand your brain <laughs> and probably um, theirs. And in 1972, when I turned 18, the government still had a draft, Vietnam was still going on, and I had a really low draft number, which meant see you later. Yeah. And I became an infantry medic where my love of medicine was born. But about a year into it, I realized I just couldn't get used to being shot at. Hmm. It was not me. <laughs> but, you know, I think there are yeah. some people that yeah. run into fires, and God bless them, and there are people like me that go, it's hot there. Yes. And so I became an x-ray technician. I got retrained, mm -hmm. and I just fell in love with mm. imaging. As our professors used to say, how do you know unless you look? And uh, I got out of the Army in 1975, went to medical school at Oral Roberts University so I could actually learn medicine in the context of my faith, which mm. was really mm -hmm. wonderful. Mm. Um, but in 1979, someone I loved tried to kill herself, mm. and I had no idea what to do, so mm. I took her to see the chairman of the Department of Psychiatry at ORU, and over time, I just I fell in love with him mm. and what he did mm -hmm. because I realized if he helped her, yeah. it wouldn't just help her, that ultimately it would help her children and even her grandchildren as they would be shaped by someone who was happier and more yeah. normal. I fell in love with psychiatry because I realized it can change generations of people. Mm. And I've loved it virtually every day for the last 40 years, except I fell in love with the only medical specialty that virtually never looks at the organ they treat. Mm. And because of my x-ray background, I just knew it was wrong. And so I start agitating my professors, my colleagues. And in the late 80s, we started looking at the brain. And it just, it changed everything yeah. that I do. And I came to realize, get your brain right and your mind will follow hmm. because the brain, your physical connections in your brain create your mind. Yeah. And when you look at the brain enough, you realize that when your brain works right, you work right. You know, your brain's the organ of loving, learning, personality, character, mm -hmm. and every single decision you make. So when your brain is troubled, you're more likely to have trouble yeah. in your life. But it was a completely new paradigm. And I got no end of grief from my <laughs> colleagues. And I have two flaws. Um, hat. One. Only two. <laughs> That's impressive. I mean, I'll ask Tana later. Now you're actually <laughs> acting like my sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so the two flaws, if you want to change something, you don't want these flaws. One, I like it when people like me. Mm -hmm. I don't like it when people don't right. like me. I had plenty of that growing up. Um, and I don't like conflict. Mm. It's just, and so here I am trying to change my specialty mm -hmm. and I get people hating me and mm. I'm in the middle of a war. Yeah. And in 1995, the, the war sort of came to a head when I got a call late one night from my sister-in-law, Sherry, who told me my nine-year-old nephew, Andrew, um, who's also my godson, mm. attacked a little girl on the baseball field yeah. that day. And I'm on the phone, it's late at night, and I'm like, 
what else is going on? And yeah. she said, Danny, he's different. Mm. He's mean. He doesn't smile mm. anymore. I went into his room today and found two pictures he had drawn. One of them he was hanging from a tree. Mm. The other picture he was shooting mm. other children. He was Columbine. Yeah. Or Aurora or Sandy Hook waiting to happen. Right. And I'd been scanning for four years, and I'm also a child psychiatrist, so we'd already correlated violence, at least in part, to damage in the left temporal lobe, which is underneath your temple and mm -hmm. behind your eye. And I convinced Sherry to bring Andrew to see me the next day. They lived eight hours mm -hmm. from us. And then as I was sitting, he was on my couch, and I'm like, buddy, what's going on? And he said, Uncle Danny, I don't know. I'm mm. mad all the time. Mm. And I said, is anybody teasing you? He said, no. Mm. Is anybody hurting you? He said, no. Is anybody touching you in places they shouldn't be mm -hmm. touching you? He said, no. And my first thought is to scan him, because that's what I do. Yeah. And my next thought was, you want to scan everybody. <laughs> Which is true. <laughs> I, I want to know what your brain looks like. My wife is here, and yes. after I met her, I really liked her. I mean, like, <laughs> really liked her. Um, and so two weeks later, I said, you haven't seen the clinic. Don't you want to come <laughs> see the clinic? <laughs> and I It's a whole her. new way of online dating. <laughs> Scanning one another's brains. That's the picture we put up. <laughs> Well, when you really understand it from, from my perspective, it's when you're, there's not, not a better decision you make besides following Jesus as the person you marry. Yes. And I just want to know their brain's okay. Yeah. Or if it's not okay, we're going to make it okay. Did she so. ask to see your brain scan in she all did. fairness? She did. I'll show it. Yes, I'll yes. Like, um, anyways, when... I went with Andrew and held his hand while mm. he held his teddy bear and got scanned. Yeah. And the image that came up shocked me. Mm. Um, if we show his scan, yeah. we're looking underneath the brain. So the top is the front part of the brain, mm -hmm. the bottom is the back. And that area with the red arrow, he's missing his yeah. left temporal lobe. Yeah. So it's not that it's hurt, mm -hmm. which is very common mm -hmm. in violence. He, he's missing, missing his left it. temporal lobe. And I looked to my mentor, and so Andrew's mother wouldn't hear. He writes down cyst stroke tumor. Mm -hmm. And we got an MRI that day and found he had a cyst the size of a golf ball occupying mm -hmm. the space of his temporal lobe. And when I got a neurosurgeon to mm -hmm. drain it, mm -hmm. to take it out. Yeah. Um, I actually got two calls right after surgery. One from his mother, who said the surgery went really well. And when Andrew opened his eyes, he smiled at her. Hmm. She said he hadn't smiled for a year. Wow. The next call was from Dr. Lazara, who was actually mm -hmm. became famous later on because he separated the Guatemalan twins mm. who were connected at mm. their head. Mm -hmm. Well, he was famous to me mm -hmm. beforehand because yeah. he took care of Andrew. And he said that cyst was so aggressive and it put so much pressure on his brain that it thinned the bone mm. over his uh, yeah. temporal lobe. 
that if he would have been hit in the head with a basketball, it would have killed him instantly. Hmm. Either way, he would have been dead in six months. Wow. It was that moment I lost my anxiety. Yeah. I don't care if you don't like yeah. me. If you don't look, you mm -hmm. don't know. Stop yeah. lying about it. Yeah. We are wholesale putting people on medicine, mm. psychiatric medicine, without anyone ever looking at yeah. their brain, mm -hmm. which is insane. Mm -hmm. And we're not teaching people. We're teaching people to be dependent on medication rather than let's change your diet. Yeah. Let's get you to exercise. Let's teach you to love and care for your brain because your brain takes care of everything in your life, right? You can transplant your heart and still be you. You can't transplant your brain right. and still be you. Right, right. And I know that as you and I have talked, and you are not um, against medication. In fact, in many ways, you find ways that it is very important. But it begins with understanding what's really going on inside here. And one of the things that you shared with me is that they're really to have a healthy life. There are four quadrants. And the brain is a part of that. I would love for you to share about this because it is so important for those of us that are followers of Jesus. Um, this is where the science and our spiritual lives intersect. So I was a medical student at ORU. Our dean gave us a lecture like in the first week and he said, never think of people as their diagnoses. Mm -hmm. Always see them in these four big circles. Um, so if you can put those up, the, um, you see them as their biology, mm -hmm. which for me is mm -hmm. their brain, right. the, the physical functioning of their brain. But it's also their mind yeah. and the psychological circle. So you've mentioned this a couple times. I want to interrupt you for just a moment. You've described the brain and the mind as two separate things. I think some of us in this room at times think they're the same thing. Can you tell us real quickly how they are separate? Well, your brain creates your mind. Mm. People get it backwards, you know, mm -hmm. they think, and that was part of the war, I think, mm -hmm. between religion and psychiatry mm. for a long time. It's like, pray more and your depression will go away. Yeah. And I'm like, but your brain is an organ and it can have problems just like your heart can have problems. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as you yeah. said, I, I'm not opposed to medicine. Mm -hmm. I'm just opposed to the indiscriminate use of medicine yes. where that's the only thing you do for yes. someone, yes. which is happening on a wholesale basis yes. across yes. the United States. Yes. So understand someone's biology, their psychology mm -hmm. or how they think. Mm -hmm. And I often teach people you don't have to believe every stupid thing yes. you think. <laughs> 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. Um, Jerry Seinfeld once said the brain is a sneaky organ. We yes. all have weird, crazy, stupid, sexual, violent thoughts that nobody should ever hear, right? <laughs> the thought on red, do red and pink go together? That didn't need to escape. It didn't. Your mouth. And I when, think they can go together, though. When your frontal lobe gets hurt, these thoughts get out. So you, all of us, yes. I have patients who come yes. to see me, they go, Dr. Amen, I am brutally honest, you know? and. My thought is, well, that's not usually helpful. <laughs> and, uh, they either Just have, because it's true doesn't mean we need to say it. <laughs> they may have ADD, and the front part of their brain is sleepy. Mm. And so those thoughts mm -hmm. escape when yeah. perhaps they shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, 
there's also a social circle. Mm -hmm. So who are you connected with? Mm -hmm. You become yeah. like the people you yeah, hang out with. Yeah. And there's a spiritual circle. Just why the heck do you care? Why yeah. are you on the planet? What's your deepest sense of meaning, perp meaning yeah. and purpose? Your yeah. connection to God, the planet, the past, mm -hmm. and the future. Yeah. So this is how God actually knit us together. Um, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, that it is not just science, it is, it is a beautiful intersection that we are designed by an incredible, incredible creator. And as you mentioned, that the, bri the brain, the mind, our connections and our purpose are all meant to work with one another. But what happens when one area is struggling? Well, so I have some slides. So if you go to the next slide, so if your brain's in trouble, and that was Andrew. Mm -hmm. The other circles were okay. It was that cyst that was driving the negative yeah. behavior. But you can have your brain in trouble, or next one, your mind can be mm -hmm. in trouble because no one ever taught you how to discipline mm -hmm. the thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so they're assaulting you. I call them ants, so yes. automatic mm -hmm. negative thoughts. Yeah. And so many of my patients, they're infested. Yeah. I actually have anteaters all over my office just mm. to help people get rid of the yeah. automatic yes. negative so thoughts. So uh, you don't have to believe every stupid thing yeah. you think. Yeah. Um, you can have problems in your relationships. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a troubled marriage, I mean, that's sort of hell yeah. uh, for a lot of people. And then you can have spiritual mm -hmm. problems if you lack a connection with God, a connection with purpose, yeah. um, you're more likely to get depressed. And yeah. when you do get depressed, if you have no connection, it takes you twice as long to get mm. well as people who go to church. Mm. So understanding all of these circles, and when you have trouble in all four circles, yeah. that's when big trouble happens. Yeah. And I have an example. Yeah. I was um, able to get the scans of Kip Kinkle. Kip is a 15-year-old boy who murdered his mother and father. And then he went to his school and shot 25 people. Mm -hmm. And based on my work, they scanned him at Oregon Health mm -hmm. Sciences University, and they used it as part of his trial. Yeah. And he has one of the most damaged brains I've ever mm -hmm. seen for a 15-year-old. And um, his thoughts were terribly dark. Mm -hmm. He had no connections mm -hmm. and he had no belief in God yeah. and so when you when you see His you know what just happened at Saugus mm -hmm. High School mm -hmm. in California or Sandy Hook or Parkland Florida mm -hmm. or Columbine um, they're often deficits in all four yeah. of those circles yeah and so the work that you do is to try to heal this that this can actually be changed. And I would love for you to talk about that for a moment because I think oftentimes we just think, well, this is the brain I was dealt with. Um, this is the brain that God put inside of my head. Can it be transformed? Can I change the way that my brain functions in my life? Is it even possible? Well, actually, neuroscience for a very long time believed that you were sort of stuck with mm -hmm. the brain mm -hmm. you have. And then about 25 years ago, this whole idea of neuroplasticity is that, no, you're not stuck. You can make it better. And based on our imaging work, and I have a, a book in the bookstore called Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, is that I'm like, we can make your brain better. Yeah. And so uh, a fun story, we haven't talked about it, but um, this man came in, Bruce, 
he called himself the anger broker of the mm. Sacramento Valley. And he just had a suicide attempt after his wife left him. And he was so mean. Mm. And he was mean to me. Mm. And he was mean to my staff. Mm. And like the third session, I'm like, you need to go get scanned because mm -hmm. I'm not going to treat you because yeah. you're just not a nice person. Yeah. And you, I don't let people be mean to my staff. It's yeah. like it's not okay with yeah. me. And his brain was just on fire. Mm. And when I calmed it down, medication, supplements, he became the sweetest person mm. on the planet. I mean, he's like bringing flowers yeah. to my staff. <laughs> and I'm like, change yeah. your brain, change your yeah. personality. Yeah. yeah, it is possible. Exactly what Paul said thousands of years ago in the scripture. Our minds can be renewed. They can be changed. And as you and I have been getting to know one another over the last couple of weeks, uh, we talked about what if we looked at my brain and uh, so this last week, I went to your office here, and you scanned my brain. It was quite an experience. And we said, wouldn't it be interesting to share my brain with Soul City? <laughs> I thought, yes, that might be interesting, depending on what you find. <laughs> and I would love for you to share what you discovered about my brain. And you agreed to share it before we actually saw it. Yeah. So that's, you're a brave woman. Mm. And uh, so let's put up uh, a healthy scan on the left, Jeannie's scan on the right. And SPEC basically tells you three things. Good activity, too little, or too much. And then my job becomes balancing it. If it's sleepy, I'm gonna find a way to stimulate it. If it's too busy, I'm gonna calm it down. And on the outside surface of your brain, it's stunning. You have a beautiful brain. Yes, and I've been telling Jared this for years. <laughs> oh, and it could be why I married you. <laughs> Maybe not. But um, let's look at the, the next one. So here, blue is average activity. Red and white are the most active parts of the brain. And they should be here in the back, in this area called the cerebellum. And the cerebellum's really cool. Mm. It's 10% of the brain's volume. Mm. It actually means little brain, mm. but it has half the brain's neurons. So mm. I think of it as the central processing unit in the brain. And if you see healthy, Jeannie has sort of a sleepy cerebellum. So part of the treatment plan is coordination exercises mm -hmm. because that's why coordination exercises are so important for your children. Forget football because it's brain damaging. Your brain is the consistency of soft butter, tofu, custard, somewhere between egg whites and jello. And it's housed in a really <laughs> hard skull that has sharp bony ridges. Mm. Do not hit it repeatedly against a ball or against helmets or no, head trauma is a major cause of psychiatric problems that nobody knows about. Mm. But coordination exercises help the brain develop. Yeah. And so it's one of the things I want you to do. If you put up the first arrow on Jeannie's brain, this is an area of the right temporal lobe. So it's right here, if you can see. And the right temporal lobe is busy. In Jeannie, which is interesting 
because it's where we think spiritual experience tends to be in the brain. There's a researcher from Canada who put these helmets on people and then give them low volt electrical um, activity. And when he stimulated the outside of the right temporal lobe, people would have spiritual experiences. They would actually have a sensed presence or they mm. would feel the presence of God in the room. So if God's going to communicate with us, there needs to be a mechanism. And you know, so many, quote, educated people think, oh, you're a Christian, you're really not that smart. Um, Christians actually have a larger right temporal lobe mm. than non-believers. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I stuck my tongue out at the other people, <laughs> metaphorically. Um, but the, the most interesting, most important part of Jeannie's scan is her emotional brain is working pretty hard in a pattern we call the diamond pattern. So if you can put the diamond up, it's uh, her limbic brain is busy. And in the research that Discover Magazine um, gave me that award on, um, I showed we could separate emotional trauma from physical trauma with high levels of accuracy on mm -hmm. 21,000 people. And when I see the diamond, I'm like, have you had trauma mm -hmm. in your past? Emotional yeah. trauma. Yeah, and we were talking about this earlier this week as he was showing me my brain, and he didn't know my story, didn't know anything about my recent journey, and said, has there been any emotional trauma in your story recently? And of course, as you all know, my brother very suddenly passed away um, in June. And it was so fascinating to me that you could see that on my brain. You could literally see where I am storing the emotional grief that I'm processing through in my life with the recent loss of my brother. And so fascinating, as we talked a little bit more, that that part of my brain that holds the spiritual experience with God, that you also talked about how busy that is, and we talked about what uh, a life of being a pastor for the past 25 years, um, and the life of what we talked about, compassion fatigue. That I don't just hold my own emotional stories and my own emotional journeys, um, as your pastor, those of you that I interact with, I hold yours. And so this part of my brain is incredibly activated um, as for 25 years um, I've held emotional space for people. And you can calm it down, mm. which is cool. And you have, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you've done, there's a treatment for the diamond pattern I like a lot called EMDR. Mm -hmm. It's yes. a specific psychological yeah. treatment mm -hmm. for trauma. I published a study on police officers yeah. who had PTSD that were involved in shootings. Mm -hmm. And after an average of eight sessions, all of them went back to work. Yeah. And when I rescanned them, the diamond had calmed down. Yeah. So you're not stuck with yes. the brain you have. You yes. can make it better. Yes. But many of you here are caregivers, mm -hmm. whether it's for children or parents or you're a nurse, um, like my wife Tana, or you're a mental health mm -hmm. um, 
and, and when we listen to the stories of others, if we're not doing a good job of taking care of our own brains, yeah. then it can overwhelm us and we can become sad. In my book, Feel Better Fast and Make It Last, there's a whole chapter on trauma and mm -hmm. grief. Mm -hmm. And what are the things people can do right away? Because a lot of times when you lose someone or you go through a traumatic event, you go, well, it's normal to feel sad, and it is, and I should grieve for a year. Mm. And it's like if you broke your leg, when do you think the time to start healing would be if you broke your leg? Right away. Immediately. You should be doing the right things. But when people become traumatized, they often do the wrong things mm -hmm. to get to numb themselves mm -hmm out of the pain, the problem is that just perpetuates right. the pain. Right. And so as we've been talking in that, it is possible for our brains to transform. It is possible for us to participate in change. You actually mentioned to me a number of different ways that we can take responsibility for the changing of our brains. What would you say to all of us here in this room that, you know, the scriptures say very clear, clear take captive every thought, right? This is, this is something that God invites us to do, that we are to actually take captive the thoughts that come into our minds. But you have added to that in some practices that are really helpful in the changing of our brains. Well, and before you take captive of those thoughts, let's get your computer working right. Because mm -hmm. I think of cognitive therapy yeah. or therapy for your thoughts as a software program. Mm. But you first want to have hardware that will run the program. Yeah. And so you have to take care of the physical functioning of your brain. And too often when people have busy brains like yours, um, they might smoke pot as a way to calm it down. And now in our society, marijuana is really viewed as innocuous. When if you've seen the scans I've seen, there's no way you'd think of it as innocuous. I actually published a study on a thousand uh, pot smokers, virtually every area of their brain was low. Mm. Other people will drink alcohol as a way just to calm it down. Mm. The problem is people who drink every day have a smaller brain, mm. and that's not a good thing. So are you doing things that are good for your brain or bad for your brain? And ultimately, brain health is three things. You gotta care about it, mm -hmm. so I call it brain envy. Mm -hmm. um, Avoid things that hurt it and do things that help it. And we'll mm -hmm. talk a little bit about yeah. the list, but I work with a group at Stanford on how people change. Mm. And they say generally it's not an epiphany where they change everything at once. Yeah. So they make these little tiny habits. Mm -hmm. So that group and I created 50 tiny habits mm. for your brain, which I write about in Feel Better Fast. But the most important tiny habit is this one and it takes about three seconds. Whenever you go to do something, just ask yourself, is this good for my brain or bad for it? And if you can answer that question mm. with love mm. for yourself and the people in your life and information, mm -hmm. you'll make a good decision. Yeah. Is this good for my brain or bad for it? Yeah. Well, I am so grateful for all that you have 
taught us all of the ways that you have brought this work into the world, the way that you care about uh, both the science and the spirit, the intersection of that, that they do not need to be in separate corners, but that the wholeness of God longs for us to be brought together. And I love... Um, the work of Father Richard Rohr, and he says that we do not think ourselves into new ways of living, we live ourselves into new ways of thinking. That we can actually change the way we think as we change the way we live. And as a group of people that have said, we want to follow Jesus, we want to be a light in this world. Can you just imagine if the world would take notice that the way that we think, the way that we interact with one another, the words that we say, the way that we hold space for one another, if they began to see a change in that, they would begin to see Jesus in us. And so I'm so grateful for the ways that you have brought this work into my life, so grateful for the ways that you've brought this work into this church. And, you know, so many of us, I think that we're okay when we have been in a relational season where there's been difficulty. We're okay with saying the phrase, I have a broken heart. Or we're even okay with um, describing someone else that way. Oh, they have a broken heart, that that relationship um, didn't last, or there's pain there. Um, and yet so many of us, we have a broken mind. We have broken brains. And there's been so much stigma, um, so much undue pain in this world to those walking through um, that illness. And I long for us to be a church that turns the lights on. That's what love does, right? Love turns the lights on. I long for us to be a church. I long for us to be a people that say, let's turn the lights on. My brain is a little broken, and it needs some healing. And if we're okay with saying that this organ is broken, our heart is broken, may we become a people that can say, parts of my brain are broken. And I want to do the work that God invites me to participate in doing to heal it. So I'd love to invite you to stand as we move into a time of worship. And oftentimes around here, uh, we pray uh, with different postures. Lots of times we'll hold our hands open, right? Sometimes we'll grab the hand of one another as a way to uh, physically say we want healing in our relationship. Sometimes we'll put our hand over our heart. And I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit um, interesting. I'm going to ask you to put your hand over your head today. Some of us, the only time we touch this is when we're doing our hair or not doing our hair. But inside here, God has woven an absolutely amazing organ that allows you to hear his voice, that allows you to speak words of love into darkness, that allows you to feel feelings that allows you to know when something's not right or when something's so incredibly beautiful. And may we become a people that actually participate in the transformation that God wants to do as he renews our minds.
So Jesus, thank you. I confess that I very rarely say thank you for my brain. I very rarely say thank you for my mind. And I just want to say thank you, God. Thank you for this incredible gift that you have put inside of every one of us. Intricately woven together, fearfully and wonderfully made in your image, fashioned after you, the creator of the universe, God. And we long for you to bring healing to our minds, Jesus. The places that are broken, Holy Spirit, would you do a work inside of us? And God, may we be a people that participate in that work. That we bring health and wholeness, wise decision-making, pausing before we speak. And God, I pray that this revolution of love would be a ripple that goes out throughout this city and throughout this world, God. Thank you for Daniel. Thank you for the work that he is doing. I pray for more, God. I pray that you would bless him and move him and allow him and Tana to continue to impact more and more people. And I pray, Jesus, that you would do what only you could do. We love you, and we are so grateful. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Would you help me thank Dr. Daniel? Amen.